time it is. I hope you had a good day. I hope things are well for you and 2022 is off to a decent start. You are listening to the Divergent Fitness Podcast and I am Amber Sobrio-Ritter, your host. I'm a behavior analyst, personal trainer, and mom of three living in the Bay Area, California. So I'm excited to be with you today. This podcast is taking the science of human behavior and applying to a fitness realm. And I found that this is the only way that as a mom, I've been able to sustain all of my fitness habits is really to sort of hack the system, identify and acknowledge where my challenges are, and then know how to kind of work around. Life's too unpredictable when you're a mom, right? Like you can have the best of intentions of I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to do this thing and then always something comes up, you're tired, like there's always a reason not to. So it takes more than just desire. It takes some really intelligent planning and that's what we talk about. How can we take applied behavior analysis, which is the applied science of behavior modification and use it? So today what we're talking about are behavior chains. Behavior chains are a sequence of behaviors that happen usually in a particular order where the final behavior provides reinforcement for the sequence. So for example, getting myself food. That seems like it's just one thing that I'm doing. Go get yourself some food or go eat some food. But actually that's a number of smaller behaviors broken up that lead to that final behavior, which gets me the reinforcement or the food. Walk into the kitchen, pull the snack out of the cupboard, open the bag, you know, scoop out a portion, start eating it. So usually behavior chains, I mean, they can be super short or super long, but what happens is the longer the behavior chain, the less likely you are going to be to complete it, especially if you are primed to want that reinforcement fast. If you need that access to reinforcement quickly because you're hungry, you need food quickly, and you're looking at a long behavior chain, it's not going to happen. Always you're going to go to the quick, immediate thing. Knowing how to hack behavior chains means knowing how to reduce the chain so that the terminal behavior or the final behavior And thus, access to reinforcement can be achieved quickly. So let's look at two different behavior chains. Let's say you're hungry, you just got home from work. So we're going to focus on all of the different sort of setting events that are priming you to be feeling a certain way, right? You come in, you're stressed. So seeking comfort, right? Or your body might want comfort. That kind of primes you to eat some sugary, fatty foods. Okay, already. That's a challenge. Already that's a tick against us, right? Okay, now we're going to say we're hungry. Okay, so it needs to be a short behavior chain because you just don't have the bandwidth to spend an hour cooking a meal. You're too hungry. You need to eat now. Okay, that's another tick against us. Let's say the kids are fussing. There are things going on in the environment. Okay, that increases the discomfort again, increases the desire to seek out some comforting sugary fatty foods that are going to satiate you now, okay, another tick against us. You can see how this gets more and more challenging. And this is what probably you've been dealing with. 
And then wondering to yourself, why can't I just eat healthy? Why can't I just do that thing? And when you break it down and when you really look at it, it's like, why would you do that thing? That's hard. (laughs) That's like everything is stacked against you and you're like, prepare and eat a kale salad with some grilled chicken. In the midst of all this, in the midst of all of these priming events where you're hungry and you're stressed and you're tired and you just don't have the capacity to do it like nobody would. It's not a deficit of willpower. It's just recognizing that that's too hard. (laughs) That's too hard. When you look at setting events, it's an internal stimulus that can prime another stimulus to be more or less desirable. So a setting event of hunger that primes food to be more desirable. If I'm satiated, I'm full. It primes food to be less desirable. Setting events can go both ways. If I'm stressed out or I'm really emotional and I'm an emotional eater, now I'm primed for food, especially certain types of food, to be more desirable. So taking the time to understand where you are primed to engage in less healthy behaviors is helpful information because you can work to reduce the behavior chain leading to reinforcement during those moments. Okay, I know I'm probably going to feel this type of way at the end of the day with the kids, be stressed out. Acknowledging that that's the case, probably. Even if you're not positive that that's going to be the case, just anticipating that most likely that's the case and planning for it anyways will make it so that you can walk in out of the, at the end of the day and be successful still. So let's take, for example, two behavior chains. Let's take a behavior chain of potato chips, eating potato chips out of the cupboard, or prepping a meal. One is significantly shorter than the other. Eating potato chips. Walk into the kitchen, open the cupboard, open the bag, scoop some chips, or maybe not. Maybe I just eat right out of the bag. Bam. It's like a three-step behavior chain. It's quick. It's going to take me 30 seconds. Now let's look at the behavior chain of prepping a meal. Let's assume that I do have a protein and I do have ingredients. So already that's a huge step that most people don't have. I mean, a lot of times that's a barrier. You go into the fridge and you're like, okay, I'm hungry. I'm going to prep a healthy meal. Oh, there's nothing. All right. Well, now you have a whole other behavior chain that you have to engage in to get food. So we're going to pretend that you did that at least, right? There's food. We're also going to pretend that the protein is thawed. So again, another huge step that often isn't the case. I have to take the food out. I have to season the, let's say, chicken, season the veggies. I have to chop them. I have to cook them. Then I can eat them. I mean, we're looking at probably at least a 20-minute behavior chain, right, with many small steps in between. And that's on a good day because that's assuming that you had the ingredients, that there weren't so many distractions that you couldn't do it, that you weren't too stressed out or tired that you couldn't do it, that your ingredients were easy to prepare, you felt competent making that recipe. Like we're kind of assuming that a lot of things went right in that situation. And that's sort of the problem is when we just think things are generally going to go right. We don't anticipate the challenges that are coming. That's what stops us. It's not that parents, moms, women, people, it's not that people don't want to do things and be successful It's that you don't anticipate the challenge and then when you're in it, you're like, never mind. This this is harder than I anticipated. This is different than I anticipated. I'll do it tomorrow. And then the same cycle just repeats. So 
let's think about gym behavior. For example, if I know I'm going to be stressed after work and want to exercise as a response to that stress, so already you've decided on a really healthy tool to respond to stress versus maybe how you have previously going home, binge watching TV and eating snacks, right? Which is great. So the desire is there. It will be important to have the workout bag, snacks, shoes, whatever you need in the car and ready to go to the gym straight from work. That way, the behavior chain required before going to the gym has been shortened ahead of time so that the final step in the chain, which is driving to the gym, is the only step of the chain left to complete. So if that's not done, after work, I'd have to drive home, find and change into workout clothes, get headphones, eat food. We're assuming that there's food available. If not, I have to prep a meal. That's a whole behavior chain. Drive to the gym, then work out. Now just go inside your body for a second. Be honest with yourself after a long day. You just got home. You're tired and hungry. You're stressed. All you want, every cell in your body just wants some carbs and a glass of wine with some trash TV. Those things are accessible now. Like a a less than a one minute behavior chain. And instead you're going to ask yourself to white knuckle it through that chain. Get back out of the house and get to the gym instead. It's not impossible, but it's not probable. And then you add to that any unanticipated challenges. Not being able to find headphones, not having workout clothes. Like I said, no prepped food. I mean, at some point, the amount of behaviors required to get back out of the house and the effort it takes to engage in those behaviors is too great and you're not going to go. That's not laziness. That's our evolution. We are built to do the thing that is most efficient and gives us the quickest access to reinforcement. So two things are absolutely necessary. Being honest with yourself about what times a day you are most primed to engage in unhealthy behaviors So this would be probably times of stress, fatigue, overwork, hunger, and then identifying and shortening the chain ahead of time so that there are fewer barriers between you and the thing you value doing. Notice I didn't say the thing you want to do because what you want to do is probably sit on the couch with a pint of ice cream. But living a values-based life will sometimes require that you skip the thing you want to do in service of the thing you value doing. So the trick is to make the thing you value doing easier than the thing you want to do. So how do you do this? How do you hack your own behavior chains? So the first thing to do, let's just use meal prepping as an example. And I did an Instagram slash Facebook post on this recently. So feel free to go check it out. We're just going to do meal prepping protein. So the behavior chain And I could break this up even further. I mean, you could break any chain up into the tiniest of steps, but that's not necessary for our purposes. So step one, buy protein. Step two, thaw protein. Step three, brine or marinate protein. Step four, chop or prep protein. Step five, cook protein. Step six, eat protein. Okay, so we have a six-step chain here. What we want to do. So you have two options. You can do this by day or by week. Typically, I do this by the week. 
but sometimes I throw in a few extra steps throughout the day. So what I mean is I don't do more than one or two steps of that chain every day. When I'm done with work at the end of the day, I'm not looking at step one. I've probably gotten myself to step four already. Now all I have to do is cook it and then eat it. Or, you know, to be honest, oftentimes it's cooked already. All I have to do is eat it. So what I do is maybe on Monday I buy the protein. Tuesday I thaw it if that's necessary. If not, I move on to the next step. Wednesday I brine or marinate it. Thursday chop and prep it. And Friday I cook it. So this works better if you work outside the home and you're not at your house throughout the day. You can do this quickly while you are making breakfast for the kids right? You just grab the chicken out of the freezer and put it in the fridge. Bam. Or grab it out of the freezer and put it in the sink so that it can thaw. There we go. Step one done. Or you just grab it out of the package, throw it in a Tupperware with some seasonings or some marinade. There we go. Next step done. Like these tiny steps of the chain are things that can be squeezed in between behaviors you're already engaging in. You're already making the kids breakfast. You're already making yourself coffee while you're kind of standing in there hanging out during a time that you maybe would have looked at your phone or just done a couple extra dishes or something. Squeeze in this little step. And then you're just going to do that once or twice every day. If you're home throughout the day, it's a little bit easier, right? Because, you know, at 7 a.m. I can throw the protein or the, you know, into a pre-made or a packaged brine or marinade, or I can season it. Then at noon, when I'm making my lunch anyways and I'm in the kitchen, I can chop it. Then at three, while I'm on a break and having a snack, I can cook it. And then at six, it's ready and I'm good to go, right? That's if you're working from home, you have a little bit of flexibility around your day. Typically, this this is not an option for me. I'm not usually home. So you might be asking yourself, but what do I eat in the meantime? Well, I'm very slowly prepping all this food, right? If I bought the protein on Monday, but the final step in the chain doesn't happen until Friday, what am I eating all of those days that come before it? You eat all the food that you prepped the previous days. So essentially what you're doing is creating a steady source of prepped food in your fridge so that you are always preparing food before you need it. Then you can prep food slowly and do it without stress. Like I never get to the point where I'm running out of food. I'm always prepping food ahead of time, days ahead of time. I have plenty of prepped food in my fridge and yet probably later today I'll take a couple chicken breasts out and put them in the fridge to start thawing. I'm just slowly chipping away at the next chain that's going to be coming. So again, you're squeezing each step of the chain between activities that would already put you in the kitchen. So this should feel essentially almost effortless. It shouldn't feel like a huge change to your day. You're completing only one or two steps at a time. And something that I also do is use generic seasonings on meat or veggies so that they can be added to a variety of dish types. So for example, if I season with garlic powder, salt, pepper, and some other generic sort of seasonings that go with a lot of things, now I can add the chicken to burrito bowls. I can add it to curries. I can add it to Italian dishes. There's a lot of flexibility there, so I don't feel like I'm eating the same meal over and over again. It's like a different meal each day. Sometimes I do marinate in a specific seasoning if I'm thinking I'm fine doing Mexican dishes all week, but I'll vary the dishes. Sometimes it's tacos, sometimes it's salads, sometimes it's burritos, sometimes it's nachos. It never feels like I'm eating the same meals because I'm not. 
I'm prepping components of food. I'm not prepping meals. So that then when it's time to eat, it's like less than three minutes to throw it together in the way that I want. But that's also because I've prepped the other parts of it. I have rice ready to go. I have noodles ready to go. I have, you know, sweet potatoes or veggies ready to go. Then you can just add it together in the way that you like. I have pre-packaged Taylor Farm salads, like easy, easy things that can just be thrown together with very little prepping or that I previously prepped. Okay, so here are the three steps to hack your own behavior chains. Step one, identify your target behavior. This is the behavior that you want to increase. I want to increase my meal prepping behavior. I want to increase my going to the gym behavior. I want to increase my meditation behavior. And I want you to look at the setting events that affect that behavior. What's keeping you from engaging in those behaviors? Fatigue, not enough time, hunger, right? Hunger is going to prime you to need to access something quickly. So you're not going to have the bandwidth to make a long recipe. Other distractors, kids, whatever it is, think about what are the things that are keeping me from engaging in this behavior. Keep that in mind as you figure out your plan. Step two, create a task analysis. A task analysis is where you break down each part of a behavior, of a larger behavior, each component that's required to complete that behavior. So for example, meal prepping consists of many behaviors sequenced together. And a task analysis, you list out and break down each one of those steps into its own separate behavior. So for example, drive to the store, purchase the chicken, bring it home, season it, thaw it out, whatever, chop it, cook it, right? You break down all of these tiny steps into smaller steps so that you can see the length of this behavior chain and then know how you're going to hack it to be able to successfully complete these chains. This is a recipe essentially for engaging in this behavior. It should be so clear like when you follow a recipe. You don't have anyone there to ask questions right? All you can do is read the recipe. So you should be able to hand this task analysis to your 10-year-old and say, do this, and they could do it. It should be very, very clear. You don't have to get down into the nitty-nitty gritty, like pull the spoon out from the drawer and use it to scoop out some potatoes. We don't need to go so nitty-gritty, right? But it needs to be pretty clear. Chop veggies, season veggies, cook veggies, right? a clear sequence of events. The third thing, break those chains up throughout the day slash week so that fewer behaviors are required to access the final behavior and thus reinforcement. Fewer behaviors are required when it's crunch time, right? Just doing a tiny step of that behavior every day or maybe taking five minutes in the morning to pack the gym bag. But maybe you also have a prepped meal because of other behavior chains you completed. Right, so you can quickly grab a meal out versus having to in the morning, in the rush of the morning, getting the kids out the door, getting yourself out the door, now having to find some prepped food for the gym later today. Or you tell yourself, I'll just grab something on the way, but now you've added another step to that behavior chain. We want there to be as few steps as possible. And then what you want to do is you want to set up your environment to support you. Ultimately, it's the same amount of behaviors. I still have to go through that six-step behavior chain to reach my final reward, which is prepped food that I'm eating. But in the moment when I'm hungry, right, that's one setting event. When I'm tired, 
there's another setting event. When I don't have time, there's another setting event where there's lots of distractions, another setting event. During the time that that perfect storm is created, which feels like almost every moment of a parent's life, I need to engage in as few behaviors as possible to reach my final reward, which is food in my belly. What I'm recognizing is that even if all of those things align, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm stressed, I got to take the kids to soccer, I'm overwhelmed, I'm all of these things, right? Even if all of those things happen, if I only have one more step in my behavior chain, which is scoop out some chicken into a Tupperware, throw some rice in with it, heat it up for 30 seconds out the door, if that chain is so short that it's less than a minute, you know, between one and three minutes long, it doesn't matter what happens. I can still do it and I'm going to still do it. Nothing could happen to take me off course because I have made this behavior chain so small that I can squeeze it between anything. While I'm yelling at the kids, get your soccer shoes on, hurry. I'm quickly scooping a little bit of food into a Tupperware for myself and we're running out the door. It can be Armageddon around me and I can still find a way to squeeze in one minute, one quick minute to scoop some food that I've already prepped into a dish. This is it. Your problem is not that you lack willpower. Your problem is not that you can't follow through on things. Nobody could do what you're asking yourself to do. You're asking yourself to complete these long behavior chains when all of the setting events of your life are fighting against your ability to do so. You are asking yourself to do the impossible. No more. It's not fair to you. And it creates a false narrative that you suck at things when you don't. So this week, I want you to follow that three-step sequence. Identify your target behavior and setting events that affect it. Create your task analysis and then break up each of those behaviors in your task analysis. Break them up throughout the day or the week so that very few behaviors are required to get the food in your tummy, to get yourself out the door to the gym, to meditate, whatever it is. This can apply to anything. Hack this behavior chain and everything becomes easy. Mastering all of your goals, being successful in all of the ways that you value, easy. No problem. Your environment is created to support you. All right. Have an amazing week. I'm super excited. Next week, we're going to be talking to an expert on intuitive eating. Her name is Sarah Burby. Uh, She's also a behavior analyst and she owns Small Changes Coaching. And I'm super excited to learn more about intuitive eating with her and share the information with you. As always, please, please like, review, share, do all of the things that you can to let people know about the podcast. It really helps get the information out so that people can benefit from it. And as a cherry on top, if you leave a review, I will schedule with you a 20-minute free coaching call just to kind of, maybe we hack a behavior chain together. Maybe we 
review some challenge in your life. Maybe I give you some strategies of how to be successful at what's important to you. Totally free, 20 minutes, pick my brain, just as a thank you for taking the time to let me know that this has been valuable to you. All right, have a wonderful week. Oh,